Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to Jess in the Flesh. So, if you don't know who I am or what this podcast is about, my name is Jess and I kind of just discuss life, okay? I discuss positives, negatives, mental health, spirituality, not really, but I might get into that at some point. Little creative content dabbled in there and some self-development stuff. And I kind of just use this to express myself. It's kind of like my no-pressure project where I kind of just release my voice into the void, okay? Because your girl sometimes just, just needs that. I need, I need to release my word vomit out there, okay? So, yeah, that's kind of what this is. So, this episode, I'm going to be answering the 36 questions that lead to love to try to love myself a little bit more. Now, if you've never heard of the 36 questions, essentially, they are questions that were done in a study that were scientifically proven to allow couples to become, like, closer with one another. And they apparently lead to love. Or so, so it's a claim. And I just wanted to answer them for myself. Just to see if it, like, helps me kind of get more in tune with who I am. And really just love myself a little more. I've tried, I've been on a self-love journey for a while. I know that sounds a little woo-woo to some people. But, you know, I've had a difficult time with that in the past. And so, I'm really trying to get better at it. I think that I've made leaps and bounds to be significantly less hard on myself and not really giving a crap about what other people think of me. I'm pretty good in that regard. But you know, sometimes things come in waves. You have good moments, you have bad moments, and you know, the past couple days have been a little odd, but I feel like I'm still emotionally stable so that's that's good which was so we're chilling but i figured i would discuss these questions with you all today so i'm just gonna answer them from my phone just because it's easier i would do like like a gaming setup, but I just don't feel like it. As you can tell, like, I, I care so much, okay? I care so much about your well-being. <laughs> I mean, I do. I hope you're doing okay. But this, this is no pressure. We're, we're just here living our life, okay? So, deal with it as you will. Alright, I'm going to do set one for now, and then I'll play some music, and we'll do set two, and I'll play some music, and we'll do set three. Does that sound good? Because, yeah, if you don't know, if you're just listening to the podcast, it's also a live stream radio show, so I live stream on YouTube, and then, yeah, the video version is also edited down and posted on there as well, without the audio, because, you know... I don't want to be copywritten on everything I do, okay? <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's where we're at. So, if you want to listen to music in between, you should subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like, why aren't you subscribed already? <laughs> I'm kidding, but let's let's just start with the questions. I'm a little delirious. It's 10:40 p.m. I usually fall asleep by like 10 cuz I am elderly on the inside. So, yeah, let's let's begin. Given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? This is a very difficult question because I don't really follow like celebrities or like well-known people. I don't know. Probably like this is going to sound woo-woo, but um I don't know if you know Abraham Hicks or Esther Hicks. Well, basically, it's this woman named Esther and like 
you're gonna think I, you're gonna think I'm a little crazy, but she kind of like channels spirit guides or like people from beyond or whatever, and like those people like speaking through her her are called Abraham like collectively. I don't know. It's it's just really fascinating to me. So I I just feel like I would be curious. I know there's still a part of me that's, like, skeptical of that kind of stuff, but at the same time, I feel like it would just be interesting to see what Abraham has to, has to say. Like, I, I've heard that it's really interesting. I haven't seen, like, videos of Abraham yet. I know that there's, like, books written by Abraham Hicks, but I, I'm curious so I, I kind of just want to, like, experience it for myself, you know, because I feel like there's a certain um, connotation with that sort of stuff, but, like, I'm open to it being real, but at the same time, I'm, like, I'm just, like, I'm just a curious person. I think if you witness something in person, and you're there, and you feel it, you, I don't know, your, I feel like your intuition kind of, like, comes out a little more, so I, I just would want to ask a lot of, like, interesting questions. I feel like that'd be fun. Would you like to be famous? In what way? In the past, it would have said, like, 100%, hell yeah, I want, I want fame, I want fortune, I want the glitz and glamour of life. At this point, I, I don't want to be, like, super well-known, but I kind of want to be, relevant enough where I can spread like a positive message to people and that would kind of just be you know through this podcast um through my youtube channel youtube.com slash just wise because I I just want people to be happy and I also just want to inspire others and like tell it like it is and chase my dreams to inspire other people to chase their dreams because if you don't know i recently launched my business refresh with jess basically i um i'm a virtual assistant who focuses on branding content creation and video editing so just a psa if you need any of that hit me up (laughs) but I just, I just want to inspire others to not let fear kind of, like, fuck with their head. Because I, I let that happen for too long. Before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you're going to say? Why? I used to do this all the time. I still kind of have a fear of calling people on the phone. Like, even if it's someone that I know... I, I get more stressed out when it's, like, a phone number that I don't have on my phone or if it's, like, a, I don't know, a customer service line for some reason. I just, it just used to make me super, super anxious. I think, though, the more I do it, the less I have to, like, rehearse the words because I stopped caring as much. So I think that's kind of helped me. Because I used to care about what others thought of me a lot. Like, even if it was, like, the customer... Like, the... Who... The customer service person at the, at the end of the phone does not know me personally. They will never see me. They're only listening to my voice. So even if I say something stupid, at least I can make them laugh. At least I can make their day, okay? That, that's, that's what I'm... That's what I'm seeing it as right now. What would constitute a perfect day for you? Well, a perfect day for me would honestly be in solitude at this point. I kind of am vibing with myself right now, so that would just kind of be, like, having a day that's very balanced for me, because I feel like a lot of the times it's either, like, I'm, I'm grinding all day and working on, like, my business or my personal projects, and not really taking time out to, like, live in the moment and enjoy like my day so I think I would like you know wake up when I wake up when the sun rises do my morning routine which is like meditation affirmations and you know 
just a lot of like self-development stuff it just makes me feel good it's kind of a method that works for me i know a lot of people are like eh gross self-development horrible but like it's something that's worked for me especially because i used to have very low self-image but besides that after that i would probably would just like make myself some eggs sit there and eat and just not be on my phone all day and really kind of just like live in the moment maybe read a book um take time to really like bask in doing hobbies like painting and like taking it slow i think because a lot of the time i feel like in this world it's like everything is like you have to get this 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 this, this and this done all at once i don't think a lot of people take the time to like stop and sniff the roses i feel like a perfect day would just kind of be like taking it slow taking care of myself but also feeling like i'm doing something that's contributing to society somewhat even if that's like a hobby for me or even if that's like i don't know telling giving someone a compliment i don't know something something that just feels good you know doing something for someone else just feels good on both ends when did you last sing to yourself to someone else okay fun fact about me is that i sing to myself all the time constantly almost to the point of annoying other people basically it was kind of i'm realizing that it now it's still kind of a coping mechanism for me like you know families have arguments from time to time and my family has arguments or you know negative discussions frequently and i kind of just don't want to deal with the negativity i so i try to tune it out so Something will be mentioned in the conversation and it'll remind me of a song lyric and then it will start singing that song while they're talking. Um, kind of just like to distract myself and put myself in like a better place instead of just like walking away. I, <laughs> I feel like I should start doing that more because I've been called on it, out on it multiple times and it almost makes the situation worse because then they're complaining about how I'm singing over their talking and I'm not being respectful. And it's not like... I mean to do it it's just a force of habit i don't mean to be rude but it just sometimes happens so i apologize if i've ever done that to you if you know me personally i don't think i've ever sang to someone else like i've never sang to someone someone has serenaded me before but i've never like serenaded someone else is like that the question if you were able to live to the age of 90 and retain either the mind or body of a 30 year old for the last 60 years of your life what would you want I would definitely say mind. I feel like having like an intellectually like competent mind really makes life worth living. I mean, honestly, you know, the aging process of your body is like fine. Like I don't care like oh, wrinkles, god forbid. I just think that having a sharp mind is really helpful and I I want to be like a student for life like I'm always trying to learn new things and do new things and I feel like if my mind started to like you know disintegrate like in that age it just wouldn't be as fun like when you're that old and you've lived that long what are you gonna do with a smoking hot bod like literally all the other like 90 year old like men trying to hit you up after you were widowed or whatever they're gonna be uncomfortable because your body is like snatched and you know theirs <laughs> is aged you know like i don't know that's just weird to me i would definitely rather just have that so i can remain like intellectually stimulated and competent because i i feel like intellectual conversation is super important to me do you have a secret hunch about how you will die no <laughs> i don't think so I used to be like very very depressed and so you know thoughts would go to self-harm and along those lines of, of death which is very dark i know but honestly 
I don't have a hunch about it. I'm not really concerned about it. I'm kind of just living it day to day. And, like, as long as I'm happy, like, whatever. Dying doesn't really scare me anymore. So, like, <laughs> I, I don't really care enough to have a hunch about it. Name three things you and your partner appear to have in common. <laughs> three things I have in common with myself. Well, I can't really answer this question. I have everything in common with myself. What? Wow, we have the same eyes. <laughs> this is, okay, I'm just going to skip that question. For what in your life do you feel most grateful? Well, I feel most grateful for, like, how I grew up. I feel like I, I've been very privileged, and not a lot of people have had as much privilege as I have growing up. Like, my dad is pretty well off, and my mom was able to, like, raise us. Like, in the house, she was a stay-at-home mom, and my dad, you know, was the breadwinner. It was, it was like, a very, like, traditional, like, 19, like, 50s kind of vibe. But I'm just grateful that my mom was able to, like, raise us and have, like, those emotional bonds, and we had those, like, tight emotional bonds as a family, and also my dad has worked from home most of my life, so, like, both of my parents were always very, like, present with us, and I feel like that's something that a lot of kids have lacked growing up, and it's really sad because they just don't feel like they have that parental support, that parental guidance that they need, and, you know, it psychologically can do a lot of damage, so I'm, I'm very, very grateful for that. If you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? Wow, <laughs> how, how much this question ties into the last one. Well, I mean, if I could change anything, like, certain instances, I feel like my parents were trying to, like, protect me, by not being fully transparent and honest with me. But that ultimately hurt me more. Just solely because... Solely because, like, I found out myself the truth. And it hurt that, like, they weren't honest. And a lot of the things that they were trying to protect me from... It was, like, when I was young. Here's an example. One of my friends... Like, I used to be a dancer, and one of my friends passed away when I was, like, real young. And my mom never told me about it, and then years down the line, I found out about it. And it made me resentful toward my mom for a while, honestly. And, like, yeah. And there were certain other instances that happened, like, similarly, but I don't want to get too into that. But it's ultimately, like... A straight up honesty thing i understand that like you want to emotionally protect your children but i think it's better to be blunt and straight up because you can get over a lot more quickly than you know if you were being lied to and then the pain of the lie on top of that i don't know it's just it was just a lot it affected me for a long time now i'm over it but like you know Take four minutes and tell your partner your life story in as much detail as possible. Well, I don't have a partner, so I'll tell you. My life story. I was born in July 28, 1997 to a couple named Tom and Kimberly. I've grown up in New Jersey, born and raised. I lived here all my life. And growing up... I've always been, like, a super, super shy, introverted kid. I wouldn't really talk. I was at, I'd be at family gatherings, and my my uncle would, like, tell my mom, be like, is there something wrong with your kid? Because I literally just wouldn't talk. Like, I, I was, I wasn't, like, a mute, but I was very much always just in my own head. I was always thinking and kind of just taking things in and observing things instead of, like, expressing myself as vocally and so this kind of 
maybe be drawn to like creating art and creating things because I felt like I didn't have a voice and I couldn't fi- really find that voice in myself. And then growing up being very shy and introverted, I kind of had the tendency to isolate myself and then I would victimize myself and be like, nobody likes me because I don't have friends or whatever. Like I would I would say all these negative things about myself and then ultimately it developed like into like poor self image and then perfectionist tendencies and depression. And then, you know, for a long time I didn't like value myself that much, you know? I didn't have self-confidence. I was just a very, I just felt very lonely as a kid. And a lot of my friends growing up moved away. So then I had issues kind of like getting connected with other people and really allowing anyone in because I felt like once I would let someone in, they would just leave me. And I I didn't want to deal with that pain, so I would push people away so that I wouldn't even get to that point of having them leave. So I could, like, emotionally prepare myself. But ultimately, I was doing self-harm by doing that and also harming other people by pushing them away because, you know, they didn't have a clue. (laughs) Whether this be, like, friendships or any, like, potential relationships with people um, and things... And a lot of it was also fed by guilt because I, I used to be a bully, okay? In sixth grade, I was such, like, I was such an awful person. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I'm just gonna leave it at that. I was a bully in sixth grade. And then, you know, high school came and went. I was, I was just super, super sad. Freshman year of college was probably... The year that I was most depressed in my life. And then I made some friends. And we're chilling, we're vibing. I became an art major. So I ended up there. After my high school, our teacher was just like, you suck. <laughs> she hated me, but it was fine. I got I got over her. And I still did it anyway because... Who cares about one woman's opinion? What I think is cliche and what she thinks is cliche are two different things. And she used the word cliche a lot. And then, yeah, I went to college, met some friends, and then I got assaulted at college and spiraled into the deepest depression of my life. And then I turned to self-development and started working on myself. And now I'm where I am today and I'm happy and content. And I went through all those hardships to really grow and evolve as a person. And... I feel like I'm happy with where I am now and I feel like I've made leaps and bounds and strides and I've gained a lot of confidence and I'm learning how to use my voice. I've learned how to use it better but I'm still trying to learn how to like get myself out of my own shell because no one's gonna do it for me. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability what would it be? Oh well I can't pick one thing okay. If you asked me maybe like a year ago I would say become like musically inclined like i've always wanted to learn how to play an instrument or have the voice of an angel my voice isn't like awful but it's not like a voice of the gods or anything (laughs) but i've just always wanted to be musically inclined because music was also a way that like i would kind of connect with a few connected to other people And music was, like, one of the main things that, like, helped me get through all of my internalized pain that I had, like, growing up before I actually, you know, faced it head on and dealt with it and then, you know, improved significantly because it it was just something that made me feel human, something that made me feel like I related to other people because I always felt like an outcast, but I, I made myself feel like an outcast, you know? But it was, it was, um, it was on me. And now if I could have one quality or ability, I think I would want to be able to be, like, have a green thumb. I, I want to plant a garden. 
and I want to be able to plant things. And I feel like I mentioned this earlier. I don't know if I did or not because I also filmed a YouTube video before this. I just really, I just only want to have like a bunch of cute plants around. I currently have a succulent and a little mint plant and also a money tree, but the money tree is like deceased and my, my green thumb isn't the best because how could you, how do you kill a money tree? Okay. I killed, <laughs> I killed a money tree. And that's the first set of questions. Took longer than I expected, but we're going to take a little bit of a break for music. And then I'll be back with set two. The first song I played was Vanilla Curls by Teddy Hyde and Absentee by Jack Campbell. Hey guys, I'm back. I went upstairs. I got some water. I burped, excuse me. Because we all need to be hydrated, so cheers. Anyway let's let's get on to part two if a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself your life the future or anything else what would you want to know i would just want to know if i like made an impact on other people you know in a positive way because i i wouldn't want to know like anything about like my life in general because i feel like you know that when you live it like if you asked it something like oh when am i gonna do this that or the other thing like in the future you know wouldn't you like wouldn't you not be surprised like wouldn't you want to be surprised especially if it's something like exciting like will i have children will there be one or two when will i be like that like, family stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I would just want to know, like, whether or not, like, I help some, like, help people. Or if I would be remembered for being a good person and using my voice and doing what I can to help other people. Honestly, as cheesy as it sounds, I just want to be perceived as a good citizen a helpful human being someone with a kind soul i just want to be remembered for that kind of stuff is there something you've dreamed of doing for a long time why haven't you done it well let me tell you <laughs> i'm the kind of person who has so many dreams and aspirations or so many things that i want to do in life like a certain point i want to write a novel I also want to start an Etsy shop and selling like my artwork and things. I've also wanted to travel to a bunch of different places like Italy, Greece, New Zealand, you know, that kind of stuff. And the reason why I haven't really done like the Etsy shop or written a novel is because I have so many passions and so many dreams that i want to pursue and i i have i used to have the, the the biggest issue because it's like i want to do all these things and get all these things done and spread myself too thin that nothing would go anywhere so i kind of like limiting myself to five like major things at a time and then once i accomplish one of those goals i can fill it with something else so right now, those goals are kind of on the back burner because they have other things that are taking priority right now, which is why none of those things have happened. And also with the travel thing, I uh, can't really go anywhere out of the country because of corona. So what is the greatest accomplishment of your life? That's a hard question. I think the greatest accomplishment of my life really is kind of just getting through my depression and changing my own mindset and like being self-disciplined enough to make the necessary changes I needed to do and finding like finding my way to being happy because nobody else is gonna do it for me I saw therapists I tried all different kinds of methods 
and nothing worked until I found like self-development and spirituality and stuff and having faith in something beyond yourself I it's very powerful and I feel like that's really what triggered the start of me kind of being accepting and not really giving crap about what other people think and having self-confidence and self-worth and not having nearly as much fear about taking action and doing the things I want to do in life because I don't care about other people's opinions anymore. So I think that is definitely my biggest accomplishment. Like, I feel like normal people would be like, oh, graduating college. Like, I did that too. So I'm proud of that. But I really think more so it's about, like, changing my mindset and reprioritizing my life and kind of getting myself in order because I was I couldn't I wasn't gonna make myself suffer any longer so I made the necessary changes I needed to do I found something that worked for me and it could work for you it could not work for you so just find find a method that works for you thing that made me happy was getting into self-help and self-development books and spirituality. It could be something else entirely for you. It could be, I don't know, religion or maybe therapy would work for you better than it worked for me, but I still value therapy a lot. I feel like it's a good first step to have someone there to help talk you through your problems and what you're going through, but at a certain point, I feel like you need to do something for yourself. And pick yourself up. That's why self-help books are important, in my opinion. What do you value most in a friendship? The thing I value most is kind of, like, support, trust, honesty. I feel like those are, like, generally good values to have. Because I don't want someone in my life who is only like there to be there and I feel like majority of my life my friendships aren't people that I have chosen per se I think they were just people who were there out of convenience because I felt like I didn't have enough self-worth to pick my friends and also going back to like me pushing people away who I felt were getting too close to me if you know, the friends, the friends that I did have, since they weren't, like, the best for me, like, they didn't really resonate with me that deep, so I didn't have as much of an attachment when they did leave. So, I think that I also am, like, learning to value people who actually have things in common with me, because I haven't really had that, you know? There are certain people in my life who have, like, things in common with me, but, like, I want, like, common interest. And a lot of the times, I've connected with people solely on, like, my old personality, like, who I used to be. Mainly, like, my sense of humor, like, my self-deprecation and just being pessimistic. And that's not something I value or connect with anymore so you know I'm trying to make room for some more cool like-minded people to come in so if you think like me you listen to this and you vibe hit me up I'm open to that what is your most treasured memory I honestly don't know to be honest I have no idea because most of the memories that I do have happen to be very, like, traumatic and or negative. And that kind of stems from, you know, me most of my life being in very, like, negative thinking patterns and being addicted to negativity and treating myself poorly. And so that's why. But... 
it's hard for me to think of good memories because it's like nothing comes to mind but I know that I have plenty of good memories well recently one of my favorite moments we'll say that was with my sister we we we're really into squishmallows I don't know if you know what they are but they're these like little like egg-shaped stuffed animals all the rage they're they're just very cute and they soothe the soul and you know fill the emotional void that sometimes you need filled and so we drove all the way like to a town near us maybe like 30 minutes away because we thought they had like the big ones like the these suckers are like big big you know so we went all the way there and they didn't have them but they had mystery packs so we opened our mystery packs and they were the <laughs> it was a cupcake sloth okay they were like the ugliest thing ever but it was just so funny and i laughed about it for so long so that's just like a, a good memory that comes to mind i don't think it's my most treasured because there's just a lot of weighted pressure on that my most terrible memory would definitely have to be my assault um don't want to get too into that but it was just very traumatizing and especially like in the moments of it happening i didn't really like process it i was kind of like in shock as it was happening and i didn't realize really fully what happened until like the next day and i was like oh oh god and then you know it all hit me but experiencing that pushed me to make a change and actually feel ultimately better than I have ever felt before. So without that, I don't think I would have made that change. So in a way, the most traumatic thing that ever happened to me, but also I'm thankful for it because otherwise I wouldn't be happy right now. So if you knew that in one year you would die suddenly, would you change anything about the way you were living? Why? I feel like I would just be less stingy with money because, like, I'm gonna die anyway. Like, might as well get credit card debt. Like, <laughs> like might as well maxim maxim all out and, like, live and, and just go and travel and do things, you know? I, that's what my mentality would be. I would just say, you know what? Fuck my credit score. It's not gonna matter. <laughs> like at all so let's let, let's just max out all those credit cards and travel and live and just check off all the bucket list items what does friendship mean to you friendship to me means a great balance of give and take it doesn't always have to be even though I feel like people who put an emphasis on things having to be even constantly have kind of resentment towards people if they feel like, oh, I put in so much more effort than this person in our friendship dynamic or whatever, or I gave them a gift for their birthday and they didn't give me anything. Like, that's just petty shit that is unnecessary. I just feel like friendships are, like, for tight bonds with people who like help you and support you people who make you feel whole and encourage you to do like no matter like no matter what you want to do they're there for you because a lot of the time there are people who say like you're your friends but they're not like really your friends you know like the people who were at least in my life they were in my life out of convenience if I were to tell them, for example, that, oh, I'm starting, a, like, I'm starting a business doing this, that, and the other thing, you know, because, recent example, and then they were like, well, that's super hard, you're not, like, are you sure, and, and, like, instill that fear in you, that's not a real friend, because a real friend would support you no matter what, and, like, encourage you. I don't want someone to, like, talk down on my dreams or talk down on my my vision on life. Like, fuck that, man. Even if you think that, like, and your friend is trying to pursue something that makes them happy, like, keep it to yourself, dude. Keep it to yourself, 
Okay. What roles do love and affection play in your life? I have been single most of my life, except for one kind of relationship with someone who I thought was my best friend, and then they turned out that they really didn't have my best interest in mind. So I have a really like messed up like view on like love and affection because I'm the kind of person who likes to initiate like affection okay I'm the kind of person who if I want to hug you I'll hug you I'll go out of my way to hug you right but if someone comes and up to me and hugs me and I'm like not like I'm usually not like not not that I'm not receptive not receptive towards it it's just sometimes it's unexpected to me and it takes me back and it makes me feel uncomfortable because it was almost like not consensual I feel like it's kind of like triggered from my experience and because obviously it wasn't consensual and it's funny because like this is gonna sound weird but I'm I'm relatively affectionate, like, with my parents. Like, I still cuddle my parents, and I'm 24, okay? Um, I also have my dog, too. But I I love cuddles, and if I don't have friends or a significant other who who are willing to cuddle with me, like, I need some more resources, and it's been working perfectly fine. I do feel like you know, I've had guy friends who I've cuddled with at certain points and then they got the wrong idea. And it's just solely because like I cuddle with my family like it's a normal thing and I know a lot of people think that's weird and like whatever, that's what I do. Leave me alone. Like it makes me happy. It makes me feel safe and whole. For me, like the role of love really has to be like earned. You know, I don't really feel love initially with people. I think it's just because I've always had my walls up. So I tread lightly in situations like that. And so it really takes a lot for someone to prove, like, that they really have my best interest in mind. And, like, even before, you know, the whole assault thing, even before that, like, I was very much... The kind of person who really was hesitant when it came to, like, romantic love or, like, friendship love. Like, love within my family was always the most important thing. It still is very important to me. But I I do think that it would benefit me to branch out a little bit with who I'm willing to open up to, who I'm willing to share my love with, and... You gotta be open for things to happen, okay? So, I'm trying to open up a little bit more to that possibility. Sharing something you consider a positive characteristic of your partner. Share a total of five items. I will share five things that I think that are amazing about myself because (laughs) self-love. I think what's amazing about me is that for most of my life, like, even though I was shy and quiet, I never changed for, like, anyone else, really. Like, I never changed to fit into a group, is what I'm saying. I obviously altered how I behaved based on, like, my insecurity. But it wasn't to, like, fit in a group. It was more so to avoid being hurt, I guess. So, I'm just... I'm I'm thankful that I never changed myself and who I was to fit in with a group. I also, not for nothing, think I have a great smile, okay? Like, my teeth are huge, but they're straight and they're nice. And, like, just just look look at these pearly whites. I also think that I'm happy now. (laughs) I, I think that I'm optimistic and fun and quirky and I think that I'm happy that I have a personality. I feel like there's a lot of people who are super bland so I'm thankful.
that I have some sort of character development in my life too. How close and warm is your family? Do you feel your childhood was happier than most other people's? I am very close with my immediate family. You know, like my parents, my sister, my dog. My brother, not as close with, but like, he's there. <laughs> it sounds awful. But yeah, I'm not gonna lie, that's the truth. Extended family-wise, though, not really. We barely see them. We rarely speak to them. They kind of just don't exist. <laughs> I mean, they exist, but like, they're not a very vital part of my life. It's mainly just like my immediate family, not extended family. That is close and warm or whatever. In regard to if my childhood was happier than most other people, I mean, I would say that I like my parents were amazing and I grew up in a very loving and caring household, but my childhood probably wasn't as happy as other people just solely because of the destruction I was doing to myself and really getting in my own way and being the cause of my own problems. So it didn't really have anything to do with anyone else. It really just had to do with me and how I was interpreting the world. And I can't blame like my, how my parents raised me for that. Cause you know, my siblings were not nearly as sad as that used to be. Even though we were raised by the same people, we were very different. How do you feel about your relationship with your mother? Like I mentioned earlier, I resented her for a while because of not being told the truth about, you know, my friend dying. Like, that was... It, it made me... I know she was trying to protect me, but it just really bothered me for the longest time. But now it's... I understand. Like, I understand why she did it. And, like, I get it. If I was a parent, maybe I would do the same thing. But, you know, I wouldn't want to. I'd want to be honest and straight up. But also, I feel like as I get older, I'm developing a better relationship with my mom. Like, I've never had, like, a bad relationship with my mom. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like at this point, since I'm in such a good place, I'm kind of trying to help emotionally balance her out because you know i don't know if you believe in astrology but she's a cancer so she's very very sensitive to a lot of things and she blames herself for a lot of things and she puts a lot of weight on her shoulders it's very like unnecessary so i feel like at this point i'm kind of like there for her i feel like i kind of act as her rock somewhat like I I feel like I kind of help support her because she really like she lets her emotions get the best of her a lot so that's kind of the dynamic that we have I love her I was supposed to be born on her birthday so fun fact I was born a week late anyway that was the end of part two and I'll play a couple more songs and then we'll go on to part three for the questions the first song I played was Color Green by New Politics and My Gal, My Guy by Darlingside. Okay, guys. I hope you enjoyed my musical selections. Anyway, moving on to set three. So, let's, let's get the ball rolling. Make three true we statements for each. For instance, we are both in this room feeling blank. Well... I'm going to just try to relate to you, the viewer or the listener. We are either listening or watching this <laughs> Jess in the Flesh show. We are human beings. We are interested in this content. <laughs> wow. Really a stretch there. It's hard to relate to people who I don't... I don't even know who my audience is, honestly. Complete this sentence. I wish I had someone with whom I could share blank. I wish I had someone with whom I could share experiences with. Mainly traveling places or just having like small like inside jokes. Like little, little intimate moments. You know like 
I feel like that's just fun. It makes life interesting, makes life special. And, you know, life is meant to be shared with other people, whether that's like friends, whether that's a significant other, whether that's family. I feel like a sense of community is important, you know, so I'm, I'm getting there. I have my family right now trying to expand that, bring in those new people. If you were going to become a close friend with your partner, please share what would be important for him or her to know. Okay, well, if you are my friend, we're friends, okay? Whoever listened to us, we're, we're buddy, we're pals, we're chums. If you're my friend, what's important for you to know is that a lot of the time I'm very independent and I need space, okay? I'm not the kind of person who's going to be on my phone 24-7, so I'm not going to respond to you immediately. I might respond to you in a couple hours or, you know, when I get around to it, you know? I do appreciate when people, like, interact with me and care about me and my well-being, and I like to care about other people and their well-being too. But I'm just very independent, so sometimes I kind of just ghost the world. I, I take a step back, go into hermit mode and do my own thing. And I think sometimes people take that personally, like, oh, she doesn't want to talk to me. She's like, I don't know, high and mighty and all that. And I'm like, no, I, I just really value my independence and my alone time. And that's something that's never going to change about me. Like, even if I have friendships or I'm in a relationship, I always am going to value my independence because I feel the most myself and feel the most at peace when I'm alone in solitude. I do also like to be social. I do like learning from other people and experiencing things with other people and sharing time with others. But... I'm still an introvert at heart, and so I, I do need just time for me, okay? And so, yeah, I'm super independent, and I'm not clingy. So if you need someone to be clingy to you, just it's not going to be me, my friend. It's not going to be me. Tell your partner what you like about them. Be very honest this time. Saying things you might say to someone you've just met. You a snack. <laughs> you intellectual asshole. I'm telling these things to myself. These are like affirmations. I'm, I'm a spit in the mirror, spit in fire. You are strong, independent mofo. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna stop before I annoy the masses. Share with your partner an embarrassing moment in your life. Okay, I have a, I have a good story. This is gonna be good, so... I was brought up in the Episcopal Church, which, if you don't know, is a branch of Christianity, but it's not nearly as strict as Catholicism. We're a lot more accepting of all kinds of people, meaning, like, the LGBT community and, you know, all races, all gender identities, whatever. And so, it's just very, it's a lot less strict and structured and traditional. So, basically, I was forced to be like an altar girl so I had to like help with the services and stuff kind of against my will I also had trouble as a kid like saying no to doing things and so yeah I was forced to kind of do that okay and so during one of the services they needed someone to read the gospel so I was like all right let me just do this I didn't look at the reading beforehand it wasn't a long reading, but so I was like, oh, I'll be fine. Um, I'm, I'm public speaking. I'm, I'm doing all right, you know. And then I have a Freudian slip. <laughs> Instead of saying Gentiles, I said genitals <laughs> in front of everyone in the church. And I immediately go red and I apologize. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And all of these people are like, elderly and probably cannot hear 
anything that I'm saying or not even paying attention. But then I drew more attention to it by apologizing. And now I just think it's funny, like, damn. I really, I really did a preach to my church and be like, genitals. <laughs> when did you last cry in front of another person by yourself? When did I last cry in front of another person? I don't know. Probably, probably back in like August or September because I, I was in an MLM for a brief time. I also made a podcast about that. It's linked in the card if you want to, if you're watching on YouTube and you see that or if you're on Spotify, it's, it's on there too in audio format or whatever. But you know, after that, I, I was emotionally drained and I, I just, I just let it out because I became a workaholic to kind of like avoid dealing with the pain from the assault that I went through. And so I kind of like threw myself into it and I felt like I was just letting the people in the organization down and I shouldn't have felt that way because it's supposed to be my own business, you know. You know how they make it be like, oh, you're in business for yourself, but you're not by yourself or whatever. And I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> I kind of just feel guilty about the whole thing. And that was like a cyclical pattern I had to break out of because I've tended to feel guilty about a lot of things throughout my life, trust me. And they've destroyed my emotionality in the past. But now I, I think I'm chilling. By myself, the last time I cried was a couple of weeks ago, actually. This is gonna sound a little woo-woo for some people, but I was doing a full moon ritual. Because sometimes, in rare circumstances, I'm very interested in, like, all things spiritual, supernatural stuff, so I was like, you know, what the heck, I'm gonna try a, a ritual for, for the, the full moon, why, why not? And I, I joined a live stream of this YouTuber I watch, her name is Oh My Annie, and basically we had to, like, write down all the things we were letting go of. And she was doing the meditation and like to like to really like feel that emotion and I cried <laughs> uh, I cried you know you got baggage and you kind of let things build up you have to release it at some point and that used to be my one of my biggest problems like I used to like hold my emotions in so much because I didn't want to be a stereotypical like sensitive ass a woman or whatever but you know now I don't really get sad that much because I have become such an optimist because I I chose to be happy. And I feel like a lot of people don't believe that they can ever be happy, so thus they don't try. You know, and then they get into self-destructive patterns. But also, you know, it's definitely an habitual thing. Like, it has to be a conscious effort. Did I write something that you like about them already? We did this like three times, okay? I'm not gonna tell you how much I like myself. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna let my ego pop off. What if anything is too serious to be joked about? I used to have a very, very, very dark sense of humor. I still have a little bit of a dark sense of humor, but I feel like I kind of dialed that back a little bit. Just really because it didn't put me in the best headspace to constantly be joking about like really depressing shit. Some morbid shit I still kind of find kind of funny because it's very deep-rooted, okay, very deep-rooted. But too serious to be joked about is it has to do with making fun of someone for their race or their sexuality or, you know, for them just, like, existing and being themselves. That's fucked up. Like, I, I can't stand for that. Like, or just, like, making fun of someone... For just how they are as a person. Like, you shouldn't joke about someone for being themselves. Like, honestly, that should be respected and commended. And, you know, even if you think their behavior, you know, isn't typical or it's kind of odd or whatever. 
leave them be like if they're happy and they're just doing their thing and being who they want to be and do like being themselves like why like why do you care like don't even make a comment about it you know I, I I can't get behind that I can't I can't get behind like making fun of people for just being themselves like no if you were to die this evening with no opportunity to communicate with anyone what would you most regret not having told someone why haven't you told them yet I feel like I would want to tell certain people like it is you know because I, I feel like there are certain people who have come in and out of my life who are kind of oblivious to how they act towards not just myself but towards other people I kind of would want to call them out but not really in a, like a negative way because I feel like certain people are kind of just oblivious to the negative impact they have like not only in social situations for themselves but like on other people like I would want to bring it to their attention but like in as nice of a way as possible yeah I'm not gonna name names or anything but even if they listen to this or watch this, they probably wouldn't know who they were. So, whatever. I haven't told them yet because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I, I do value honesty. But if, it's, if I'm trying, like, what's the point of trying to be honest and fixing someone if I don't want them in my life? Because <laughs> I don't like them. Like... I, it's almost like I feel like I don't have a say and I don't want anyone to feel offended or hurt or defensive. And if they're just being themselves and I'm coming at them for being themselves, then who am I, like, who am I to tell them what to change about their personality? You know what I'm saying? That's why I kind of haven't said anything, but I also feel like certain people need to, like, be aware of how others interpret them. Your house containing everything you own catches fire. Oh shit. <laughs> After saving your loved ones and pets, you have time to safely make a final dash to save any one item. What would it be? The older I get, the less materialistic I become. But the one item I would save would probably be my... My grandma's bracelet, she recently gave me a bracelet and it's now like my most prized possession. It's like a family heirloom. It's really pretty. It's like gold and has like little, little like pearls in it. And I, I really value that because, you know, she's not going to be alive forever. She recently got diagnosed with dementia, so she doesn't really have much longer. I don't really know how long she has, to be honest. I don't know what the estimated time of death is, but I just really wouldn't, like, want to have something to remember her, because she is an, she's an amazing woman, and I love her very much. Of the people in your family, whose death would you find the most disturbing? Why? These questions are also morbid. I just, okay, whatever. Probably my sister. My little sister has always been, like, my best friend growing up. I felt like she was the one constant person that I always had. And I always had a connection to. And was just, like, a constant, like, friend in my life. And I feel like she helped me get through, like so much stuff and our dynamic is interesting because I act like the younger sister even though I'm the older sister with her like for example I would be like annoying her when she like I, she's like I don't want you here and <laughs> go away you know I would like I I take on the role as a little sister with her even though she's four years younger than me just because like I, I just I love her so much and she's just like the one person really that has been there constantly for me so I feel like I would just be very like very disturbed very saddened because you know she she was my rock for so long she still is my rock she listens to this I love you it would just be very sad because she has always been a very 
optimistic, bubbly, happy person. Share a personal problem and ask your partner's advice on how he or she might handle it. Also ask your partner to reflect back on how you seem to be feeling about the problem you have chosen. I'm going to just tell you a problem that I have. And I'm going to try to solve it myself. My problem is that I feel the urge to help people. I don't want to like push my beliefs on anyone because I know that people, you know, have their own belief systems and I want them to do what makes them happy. But I also want to share how much like this has helped me and I know it has potential to help other people. And I know that like I can't change anyone's belief. Sometimes it becomes difficult when I witness my friends or my family kind of being very like emotional about a situation and re just like reacting without really thinking about thinking about it. Like they react based solely out of emotion rather than logic. I feel like I be from this kind of thing I become a lot more logical in like my thinking and when you're witnessing something as like a third party you're like really this is it's gonna matter in the next week and then like you say that and then you know it get it, they get offended because they're like oh you're not being sensitive to my needs and I'm like I'm listening to you aren't I like I don't know I feel like to solve this problem I think, like, I can offer resources for them to, like, help themselves and kind of, like, learn about it. You know, self-development and stuff, but it's really their discretion whether they want to do it. I don't want to step on anyone's toes in the wrong way or try to convince someone that my way is right, their way is wrong, like, whatever. I'm not saying that how I think or what I believe is right or wrong. I'm just saying that it makes me happy and it works for me. And, you know, if you're perfectly content with the way you think and the way you act and what you believe in, then, like, by all means, like, stick with it, man. Sometimes I just have a more, like, difficult time trying to relate to other people because I'm less in my head now than I used to be figure it out no worries i'll get back to you on that anyway it's come to the end of the episode i hope you guys really liked and enjoyed it if you want to follow me for more you can follow me on instagram at jess in the flesh radio if you want to be a part of the show hear your voice in my show, it would be dope. You can go to anchor.fm slash just in the flash slash message and actually record a message and I can feature it in the show, which would be actually pretty dope. Not for nothing. If you're listening to the audio version and you want to see some visuals, hear some music, you should go to subscribe to the YouTube channel, which I will leave in the show notes. And if you are watching on YouTube. There's also audio versions of the show available that are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well as all your other common podcasting platforms. Stay safe, be good, do amazing things, and hopefully I'll be here for next week's episode. Bye guys. (laughs) 